I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to Q&A, our regular podcast offering from the Hindustan Times. I'm Prashant Jha, the editor, views of the newspaper. It has now become a cliche to suggest that the coronavirus pandemic will change the world. Indeed, it will. Political regimes will get altered. Countries will be forced to rethink their economic paradigms. The social equilibrium within societies in each country will get affected. Interstate relations will get affected. Technology will become more important. All of this will indeed change the world. At the same time, there are some geopolitical trends that were visible before the pandemic. These trends have only got intensified and accelerated. In this edition of Q&A, I'd like to look at some of the big geopolitical trends which have become more obvious in the wake of the pandemic and which will have an effect on the international system. These relate to the politics of nationalism, multilateralism, the liberal economic order, and the global balance of power, particularly with rise to China. What, therefore, has been the impact of the pandemic on the politics of nationalism? Even before the coronavirus disease spread, we had begun seeing the return of nationalism both in Western democracies as well as in several countries in Asia. Donald Trump's election with his slogan, America First, the Brexit vote in the United Kingdom, the return of Narendra Modi last year in elections on a strong nationalist platform, Xi Jinping's muscular nationalism in China, all of it reflected the surge in nationalism. The pandemic offered an opportunity to the world. Here was one case in one city, in one country, and I'm talking about Wuhan in China, which spiraled out of control with over 9 million cases worldwide. The message should have been, you sink or swim together, given the interconnectedness of human life. The message instead has been you are on your own. With prolonged national lockdowns, with the interruption in international air travel, with global supply chains in shock, with the increasing reliance in each country on national supply chains, with the search, the desperate search almost of each country to procure tools and equipment to ramp up their health infrastructure, nationalism became important. This, therefore, is the first big trend that we will continue to see in the world order. What is going to be the impact of the pandemic on multilateralism? Once again, the paradox is that if there is one cross-cutting, cross-border threat that human civilization has faced for a long time, it is the coronavirus pandemic. 
This then requires international cooperation across state boundaries. International cooperation, however, rests on all states ceding a degree of their autonomy and sovereign decision-making to international bodies. It requires that international bodies don't become victims of great power politics. It requires them to be fair and independent in their functioning. Now, multilateralism was in crisis once again before the pandemic. Donald Trump's disdain for international institutions and China's attempts to rewrite the rules of global engagement had already thrown multilateralism in crisis. But what has happened now? This is the second message from the pandemic is don't look up to the world for help. The most obvious symbol of this crisis is the World Health Organization. This should have been the most important and effective organization at the moment in the world. But WHO got caught up in controversy. It was seen as covering up for China's initial omissions, deliberate or not, during the first few weeks of the coronavirus disease. It gave out contradictory signals on the nature and the spread of the disease. Trump first announced U.S. suspension of aid, financial support to WHO, and then announced that U.S. would walk out of WHO. WHO is merely a symbol. The UN Security Council, in charge of maintaining peace and security, remains completely divided. World Trade Organization, the big economic body which pushed the world towards a more liberal trading regime, is in crisis today. WHO, we have spoken about. All of this indicates multilateralism will remain in crisis. What has been the impact of the pandemic on the international economic order? For the last three decades, broadly, globalization has come to be an accepted norm in international economic order. Liberal economic principles are based on relatively free flow of goods and services and people, the retreat of protectionist tendencies, the enhancement of global trade linkages. Now, this was already in crisis before the pandemic. Trump's election, in a way, represented that. The working class in many of the Western democracies started blaming globalization for the loss of their opportunities. But what has happened since the pandemic is that this retreat into protectionism has got enhanced. Both in the West as well as in rising economies such as India, there is a sense that the free flow of goods, services across the world is not conducive for economic revival. This was reflected in Donald Trump's decision on immigration where he has suspended work visas and therefore impacted the flow of people or in India's quest for a self-reliant economy. India, to be sure, has said that this quest for a self-reliant economy is not in contradiction with its quest to also be integrated into global supply chains. But with increasing duties on foreign goods, with the focus on local products, that may inevitably happen. Therefore, the third message from the pandemic is build your economy on your own. Whether this is sustainable or not is, of course, a different question. But what has been the impact of the pandemic on global balance of power? This, to my mind, is the most significant outcome. And of course, this is still work in progress. Before the pandemic, we had already started seeing signs of the Western retreat and the assertion of China. It is a paradox again. The disease originated in China. One would have thought that China would be held accountable for its initial omissions in handling the disease. 
instead what has happened is that china has come out as the more powerful entity as the pandemic has progressed this is because of the credibility deficit faced by western democracies the united states remains in crisis battling the coronavirus disease but it's also because china has decided that this is the moment to assert it has reinforced its claims over the south china sea come into conflict with countries such as vietnam malaysia it has asserted its control over islands that it claims in a face off with japan and most significantly for us it has engaged in aggression across the line of actual control at the border with india this temptation of china to project its power to expand its land and sea claims to override international norms to take over international institutions and shape their agenda as we saw in the case of who will continue the question for the rest of the international community will be whether they accept chinese hegemony or battle it with the return of nationalism the crisis of multilateralism the beginning of the end perhaps of the liberal economic order and the rise in china the world is indeed a different place post the pandemic this brings us to the end of this edition of qna if you have questions that you want us to answer if there are issues you would like us to discuss please write to us at podcasts@hindustantimes.com please also follow us on all our social media handles on facebook twitter and instagram at hd smartcasts stay safe we'll talk again next week thank you this was a hindustan times production brought to you by hd smartcast Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Bosa, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.